Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, what's going on, guys? I have a special guest here, April Reed, newly married. She used to be referred to as April Vernell. She's a serial entrepreneur. She has a family and has four kids. How does she manage it all? She's got companies. She's got kids. Um, she also loves God. She loves people. And she's on a mission to end negative self-talk. She also has a book coming out this year, which we're looking forward to. Welcome, April. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here on the Clocked In podcast. You've inspired many. And where does your journey start? Ooh, journey. Um, That's such a curious question from like where I was born to when did my career start? What specifically? Like my career? Yeah, we're referring to your career, entrepreneurship. Where, Where did it all start? I love it. Um, so to be honest, Jordan, I didn't grow up like I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. I don't even think I knew what that word meant, to be honest. Like I didn't. And, um, I always, I loved teenagers. I loved camp. I loved, you know, playing. I loved people. Um, but I look back and I was always a born leader. So whoever's listening, or maybe for you, if you were always a born leader, you probably have an entrepreneurial spirit, spirit in you. But I, um, it was back in 2004 and I was young and um, I had married someone that was in the army and I was waiting tables at a Carabas. And from there, they um, promoted me to manager and then the training manager. And there wasn't a surplus of jobs in a military, you know, um, town. And I didn't love my job, um, didn't love my colleagues, didn't love my bosses. And to be honest, somebody said, why don't you start? being thankful every day, wake up and be thankful, be thankful for your boss, for your colleagues, for your, you know, whoever walks in that door when it came to my work and Jordan underneath my breath, I was like, but I tried it. I tried it. And I swear by this because I started being thankful, even though I didn't mean it. And within two weeks, uh, somebody walked in and said, what do you want to do with your life? And I had known a friend of mine was in pharmaceutical sales and it looked so glamorous. So I made that up. I was like, oh, I want to be in pharmaceutical sales. Like (laughs) as if I knew what even I was saying. And they were like, well, how about training doctors on an electronic health record around the world? And I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Now keep in mind, I'm like 24, bleach blonde hair, um, no degree in medical anything. You know, I did have a degree and I was 
at a restaurant. And then the next thing I know, I was on a plane to Washington, D.C. to learn an electronic health record in order to train um, the military hospitals all over the world for the Department of Defense. So I always attribute it to gratitude because I, you know, it was like the second I changed my um, demeanor and my disposition and my what I said I feel like that was a sliding door moment and I walked through it. So that's where my career began, truly began. Yeah, I love that because there's so many people that say, oh, gratitude this, gratitude, they're so full of it. No, when you, when people know you're in gratitude, it really shows out and people can tell and they want to be around you and it's infectious. Also, I love the fact that you just take a leap. That is so incredible because so many people are so stagnant and you're just, going for it so we're yeah. at, we have this career yeah. is life done now or we- <laughs> so it's it's really just beginning which is actually um another key very monumental moment for me I fly to Washington DC and I you know I didn't tell you this part of the story but I, I flew up there I'm in a room I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know why I'm there. I, I really like, I was like, I don't know what my job is. I don't know what an electronic health record is. I don't even understand what they're saying, but Jordan, they offered me $50,000. That's more money than like my mom had ever made. I was like, I feel like I just won the lottery. And back then that was a lot for a young professional. And um, so I took it. I'm like, yes, I'm in. When I sat in that chair, I'm so thankful I was in the back of the room because one by one by one, we introduced ourselves and everybody was no less than 10 to 15 years, my senior. And they were, every single one of them was not only from a military background and mostly retired, they were from a medical background. I was in rooms with nurses and doctors and, um, uh, you know, flight docs and medevacs and, um, and lieutenants at officers. And I, was just go, you know, that whole. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. It was totally imposter (laughs) syndrome. Oh my gosh. That's yes. I haven't really used that, but yes, I felt like a fake and a fraud and I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do I, what do I say? And like I said, at that time, my ex-husband had was the, was in the army and that's why I was there. And so I just stood up, said, hi, I'm April. Um, I live at Fort Bragg. I'm happy to be here. And I just sat down. And um, the class began. I didn't know or understand one thing. Like, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. Everything was medical terminology. Everything was, you know, ordering labs and um, radiologies and prescriptions and diagnosing and writing providers notes. And I would go home and I would cry. And I would go back to my hotel and I was there for three weeks training. And I made a decision that either I could leave or I could try, I could try and learn the material. Well, I didn't realize I was actually wrestling with this inner voice and I wasn't a student growing up. I didn't, grades weren't important to me and I was never classified as that smart kid ever. And so I didn't ever grow up thinking like, oh, you're smart. But what I didn't realize is I was carrying that into my adulthood. So here I am sitting imposter syndrome and I'm not qualified and maybe I'm not even smart enough to figure this out. And so every day I began to learn and I began to study and I, I took, you know, copious notes yeah. and I would go and I would stay up 
And the next day I would show up and I, and I decided one, I have to believe I am smart and two, I'm capable. And I said, I'm not only going to be the best HR trainer in the world, I want to be the best HR trainer in the nation. And that I'm not kidding, but those confessions and those decisions and those choices that I made to believe about myself changed everything. And I, you know, fast forward to 2008, I opened my own firm and, um, and still to this day, you know, 12 years later, 13 years later, it's, we've worked in 40 states nationwide and I've given hundreds, if not thousands of jobs to people and have, you know, worked in hospitals everywhere. So it's, you know, it's, but it's small beginnings, but it, to me, it started in here in, in so many ways. Yeah. It sounds incredible. First, you start with yourself. You have to adjust your mindset. You have to adjust your beliefs because a lot of us are carrying stuff from our childhood and we don't even realize it. A lot of it's regarding financials, how people think about money. It's usually brought on by the parents and it is really something that needs to be looked at. But I'm glad that you realized that early enough. So you go- I mean, thankfully, yes. And that's why I like doing these podcasts because- People need to know that like whatever you classify success, you know, or like money or entrepreneurship or wealth that it's literally for everyone, but you're right. It like has to start coming from in here. You mentioned finances. Finance is a big one. I mean, there is so much fear to me. There's two things with, when it comes to finances, it's either faith or it's fear. There is nothing in between. And when you can kind of understand when it comes to money, what does it do to you? Um, And I think you already are who you are with very little or with a ton. Money should never change anybody. You know, the same person that you are today is who you're going to be no matter what. And I think we think like, oh, I'll just, it'll be, I'll be happier. I'll be whatever. And, um, and it's like, no, you just have fear inside of you that can be fixed and can be reconciled when you, when it, you know, you, you understand and increase your financial IQ in all aspects. But, um, you mentioned that and it's a huge one for people. It was for me and I had to overcome a ton of fear with finances and it was how I was brought up. You know, I'm not upset about it. I just didn't know. I didn't have financial understanding. Yeah. And financial literacy, it's one of the biggest issues going on in America. And I've joined, I've done some work with it with like junior achievement or different volunteering programs, but it really is a top issue. And it's even worse when the people are 40 or 50 or 60 years old and they still don't know about money. Right. They still don't understand that dynamic. But what did you mean when you said faith or fear? So when you dive into faith, what do you mean by that? Like you believe in the money? Like, Ah, good. Great question. So, I mean, I'll give you another story. I like teaching through story because <laughs> I think it creates a lot of impact and relevance. And for those listening, they're going to be able to say, oh yeah, I remember a time in my life. Um, and there's actually two stories I'll share with you. One, um, I was working three jobs um, when I was you know, young, as probably most of us. I was waiting tables, shocking. Um, I was we- working at a church and I was working at a coffee shop in the morning. And I felt like I could never make ends meet. And I'm sharing an apartment with, you know what I mean, a bunch of roommates. And I never felt like I could make ends meet. And a tire went out of my car and I go to the, um, I go to the mechanic and they were like, you don't need one tire, you need four. And oh, so it went from a hundred to $400, you know what I mean? Very quickly. And I walked outside and I sat on the curb and I remember sobbing, like just sobbing that feeling of like, how do I ever get ahead? 
I, I just, I don't have the $400. Why is this so difficult? And that, that, you know, just that weight. And I'm sure readers remember a time. I mean, listeners remember a time when, when that feeling came. So I decided to go wait three um, double shifts, a lunch and a dinner, a lunch and a dinner, a lunch and a dinner. That weekend, I got my first $100 tip and I ended up spending that weekend with $700. And yes, I was tired, but here I went from 400 to 700. And, you know, that, that I picked up and th- that I was able to get in three days. And I felt like there's a couple things that I learned in that moment of my life that were sometimes you just have to suck it up and work hard and drive on. But then there's magical moments where, you know, you get left that, where I got left that hundred dollar tip. And I always felt like it was God's way of giving me a kiss. And so to me, I feel like it's the mirroring of, you know, not necessarily striving, but just believing, okay, I'm going to be taken care of. And my tires are going to like, I'm going to be able to put tires on my car. And so I chose to believe that that weekend and and put the grit in the sweat. But another story will really kind of defines the fear and the faith where actually my life changed like forever is um, I was a consultant in the healthcare IT space and the electronic health space, meaning I was just getting paid, uh, you know, and and working from the hospitals. Well, it was feast or famine. I sometimes um, had work and I sometimes didn't. And I was also the only breadwinner in the in, in my home. So I didn't have work for a while and I saw the bills stacking up and I see the credit cards stacking up and the internal anxiety. Um, I grew up, you know, don't spend more, you know, than you make. Uh, don't have debt. Don't have, the, and it was all these rules. And so yeah. I'm breaking the rules. I have debt. Um, and so it was just creating this inner turmoil and this, uh, this internal stress and fear of like, I don't, how can I, I don't know what to do. Well, I went to church and offering plate comes around and, um, and I decided to basically just give the last that I had, which was about, I don't know, maybe $180. But why I did that, Jordan, wasn't to say, oh, if I give this $180 left that whatever it was, then I'm going to then, you know what I mean? Then this will happen to me. You know what I mean? A lot of people believe like, well, if you give, then you get, you know, and, but instead I gave because every day I was fearful. Every day I didn't know how to pay the bills. Every day, the grip of the finances and what was in my account controlled me. Like it owned me, you know, the everything, my, my, my mind, my spirit, my nervous system, when it came to money, like, it didn't feel good. Nothing felt good. And when I gave, it was my way of surrendering and saying, as somebody who loves God, like, God, like, either either you will take care of me and I have got to trust you, or I, I just didn't know what else. So I surrendered the fear of money. And I basically was like, okay, God, like, I don't know what else to do. And it was almost like that surrendering of faith. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. But I, cause I, but I knew I was surrendering. I really was. And I was like, I know for me personally, I knew where my help came from. I knew that God was my provider. I knew that he would show up for me because he's a good, good God. And I said, um, you know, I, and I just, that was it. And I didn't know what that meant. The very next day, I get a phone call from a hospital in Massachusetts 
and they were like, hey, you know, we you know, found you online. Um, we need help. Are you available? I talked to them and I, I knew that they needed my help and it happened to be like my specific skill set. I said, yeah, absolutely. I was on the plane the next day, which meant I had a paycheck. That was also the place that I decided to start my own company. And that hospital to this day, I ended up working with them at least nine years. And I need to go and, and add it up, but Jordan, they probably put 15 to $20 million worth of revenue on my books as my Oh, business. wow. And that's where, like I said, I started, I started everything and, and launched my company and launched everything and, um, and have worked with them almost ever since. I think we just ended last year. And, um, you know, and I, I go back and ever since then, I, I'd say there's a money tree and everybody has one. They just don't have the faith to go pick from it. And I feel like the fear blinds us and it, and it paralyzes us and it keeps us from our destiny financially when really there is a money tree. Wow. That is powerful stuff. I've never heard it described in that capacity. Like, and this is why April's the best because I've never heard it like that. And it really does open your eyes to what is possible and what is there for a lot of people. And I love how you were in that fear state. You said, no, 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 I suppress. I'm good. Take all I have. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And obviously God was watching over you. And that was, that was very powerful. It's a, it's definitely a surrendering, you know, and I believe it's a partnership. Like when, when I have conversations with people about money, you can tell it is literally fear or faith and the confidence that they know where their help comes from. Like they know yeah. um, it's never anything in between. Yeah. That's really interesting concept. I like that a lot. Mm. So you go and you start this company. Yeah. At this point, were you, did you leave your job or are you doing the IT consulting and yeah. that? Like, how's that work? Good questions. So I am, um, so I didn't, I was consulting and I took my paycheck and I actually um, sliced it down. And so um, my mom helped me start my, helped me start this company. And she was like the backbone of it and the administration piece. And, um, and I actually started my company because my dad had his third heart attack. Grandma had lost her home in a hurricane, had moved in with my parents and my mom oh, wow. lost the job at the exact same time, like within two weeks. So, um, I called my mom and I was like, why don't we try to start a company? And, um, and so she was the back end, and, um, I worked and I took my paycheck and I put it in the company and then, and lived off of a pittance, you know, just very little to see. Then I hired somebody else part-time and I was like, I'm starting a company. I don't know what I'm doing, but I need help. And like a salesperson, because I'm still working so that I can fund the company. And I was like, I can probably only offer, I think like it was like $15 an hour, maybe 20 hours a week. Are you interested? And she was like, okay. And I'm not even kidding. Within a week, I was like, you're full-time. We have our first one. This is what we're doing. <laughs> and so um, I ended up having, I think like six people um, working for me within six months. And, um, but I still was working. Oh, wow. So you're running operations. I was still working and I'm working, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour days. And so I, um, after six months, I, um, I'm traveling, you know, back and forth to the site. I come home and my mom says to me, I feel like you have a decision to make. You either try to run this company and we see what happens. You know, we have proof of concept and you give up your paycheck <laughs> or 
like we, we can't just keep doing this or we just don't build the business. What is it that you want to do? And you know, it's amazing how much we love our security blanket, isn't it? I like my security blanket and my security blanket was feeding my family and me and my home and, you know, and the company. Um, But she was right. And so I took the leap of faith and gave it up and said, let's see what happens. And um, at that very moment, it was January, 2010, President Obama mandated that every healthcare organization goes paperless and they get off of paper and go to an electronic health record. And, um, and, you know, it was, it was rapid fire from that day on. And, um, you know, and we learned by fire, but yeah, so I, I just, I took the jump and I'm thankful I did, but I, I had to risk it, you know, it was a risk. Yeah, of course. So when did you leave your job and then the Obama thing? Within the same month. I made the decision when the press release comes out. Oh my God. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was neat, you know, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. So, um, I built an Academy and just kind of pushed people through the Academy, trained them up and sent them out. And what were you guys doing specifically in the IT space? Training electronic health records primarily. We're now a full, full service firm, but we were in the training field. Oh, so you started in one section and then you expanded out. Yeah. Now we're full service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So help desk service line, legacy support manager services, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And I know, I noticed that you, in that time you went from not a fixed mindset, but you kind of transitioned to the growth where we're jumping into all these different directions and yeah. how, how has that been an impact in your life? Yeah. So I love those two words. <laughs> I love those two words because um, I was introduced to the book um, Mindset. It's by Dr. Carol Dweck. And anybody who's listening, I highly recommend, you know, downloading it, looking it up, watching it on YouTube, whatever. Um, because I didn't realize what this was until I, I, another fun story, I got invited to come do a challenge and it was called the Strive Challenge. And um I have been going to Necker Island, the home of Richard Branson, um, a few times, and I actually host Necker uh, Island. Slow, slow down, slow down. How did you get, I see it, if, you, if anyone has a chance, check out her Instagram. It's I am April Reed. Uh, he's all over the place. How are you getting involved with, how are you running circles with the Bransons? <laughs> I love them so much. Um, so I got invited to go to Necker as a female entrepreneur probably eight years ago or nine years ago. And um, just had the chance to sit with them because that's their home. And I had the chance to sit with um, Joan specifically for a long time. And we had a lot of similar stories and connections. And um, and then same thing with Richard. And because we were connecting on um, not business or professional, it was more personal. We just, it was just instant. It was just an instant connection. I felt like they were family. And um, yeah, so then I, I asked, hey, I'd love to host a trip back here. Yeah. Can I? And so I decided to invite a bunch of entrepreneurs to just come back the following year. And it, it was actually that following year that is lead, leading me into the strive. The following year, um, Richard has a son and a daughter, Holly and Sam. And yeah. Holly was there and um, we you know, were chatting and she was like, why don't you, she had a boy-girl twin and I had boy-girl twins at the time. I yeah. had four at that time. This was in 2000. 15. Okay. And I had four. I just had my fourth and um, she had had her two, her, her twins. 
And she's like, we're going to Italy next September. This is Jordan. This is literally how she says it to me. She denies this. I do not. We should podcast together because it'd be hilarious. She's like, we're going to Italy next September to ride our bikes through Italy. Why don't you bring the babies along? I'm going to bring mine. Would you want to come? We're doing a fundraiser. Okay. Do I want to go to Italy? Yes. Do I want to bring the kids along? Yes. Ride bikes through it? Yes. Fundraise. I'm in. I am in. It it, it sounded very easy. (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. January. This is December, 2015, January, 2016. Jordan, I just had my fourth baby. I had four babies yeah. in three years and I was building businesses. <sighs> and I wasn't working out. I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I get to London and in January for a training weekend, I walk in this room, there's 20 people. The first person I talked to, his name is Felix. And I was like, Hey Felix, do you like do these things? Like, what is this? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I train with Lance Armstrong for fun. Oh my God. The next person I meet, uh, Maria. Hey Maria, like, I don't really know what we're doing. Like, do you do these things? And she's like, well, I run ultra marathons, you know, like every like few months. And I'm like, I didn't even know what an ultra marathon was. I'm like, (laughs) I don't, is that, she's like, like a hundred miles. And like, we just carry her back and we don't want to drive a hundred miles. And they don't, right. (laughs) They bring us to the lab. And it was one of those, like, they put you in the oxygen tank, yeah. prick in your blood. And they're like, how, how fast can you run a mile? Yeah. I said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't run a mile. I just have, <laughs> I just have my poor child. They're like, okay, we'll just be on the treadmill and just go. And then tell us when, you know, you can't breathe. Basically. I'm like, you'll know. Cause I'm on this mask. The long and short of it is that whole weekend was seen if we were fit enough to do this stride challenge. Yeah. And this was another defining moment where I decided, do I do this or do I not? Again, total imposter syndrome. Do, yeah. Thank you for the invite. Clearly, I'm not qualified to be here. Again, all over again. And they pull out the book, Mindset. And they said, guys, the Strive Challenge is to help us grow in every aspect of our life. And we're doing a fundraiser for big change. And I can give you the links and people that check it out. We're doing a um, fundraiser for big change because we want to change the way education is in the world. Because what happens is people get born into, let's say, poverty and their fixed mindset, going back to fear versus faith, is so ingrained in them that they don't know how to grow and get out and recreate their environment. And by simply changing the education system, it can disrupt and change everything globally. And so I'm like, okay, I'm in. So I go home and I start training. And I train and I train and I train. I buy a bike. I don't even have a bike. I buy a bike. I get on the bike. We fast forward, I show up to Switzerland. We hiked from Switzerland to Italy, five days, um, 10 to 12 hour days hiking mountains up and over, like legit people are dropping like flies. So people can join us along the way. They're dropping like flies. We get on our bike. We have a, we, every sixth day we rest Yeah. on our bike. We rode from the top of Italy all the way to the boot a hundred, about 120 miles a day on average, no less than a hundred miles a day took us 15 days. So we did that for 15 days. They shut down the streets of Messina because it's Richard Branson, you know, hold on. Richard's in town, shut down the Messina. (laughs) And we we swim to Sicily. We swim from Italy to Sicily. And then we get on mountain bikes and we take two days to um, go over to the summit. And we summited, um, 
Mount Etna in one day. And, um, and so all of this was within five weeks. I cried every day. <laughs> I cried every day. I cried every day. It was the hardest thing. I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah. at that point that I'd physically ever done and mentally ever done. But it strengthened me to this growth mindset that now it's like I got fire in my bones and my blood. You cannot tell me no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, ooh, a challenge. What? Yes. Yeah. In. You know, we were talking about Jesse earlier, Jesse Itzler, like that's his thing is like, you don't know who you are until you do it. You don't know how far you can go until you go, you know, and a hundred percent, I agree. And um, that has been huge. So fixed and growth, all that story to tell you about the fix and the growth mindset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I love that you took on that strive challenge because obviously it's doing good for the world, but on the other side, it really is opening you up to who you are. Yes. In in 2019, I actually set one of my goals for the year was to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. I've never ran more than five miles. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And you just, each day you put it in, you put the work in and yeah. eventually you get there and it's hard as heck, but yeah, you the do feeling it. you get from completion, I can't even imagine the feeling after a 20 day marathon. But you do because you just did it. it yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same because you put in the work. Yeah. It's just, it really is something that everyone should do. Some sort of physical challenge. A lot of my, uh, the clients I have, everyone's like, oh, I'm just going to run a half marathon, half marathon. And they put it for like an eight week challenge. And like, these are kids who never ran more than two miles and they're just knocking them out. And I'm like, because you believe it's possible. And obviously the physical is there, but we Mm -hmm. all have so much to get. Once you break it physically, then everything else is just about a number. It's just what it is. Absolutely. I mean, and something that maybe somebody can relate to in listening to this, but I was um, in a really, really uh, tough, toxic marriage. And I was, I was actually married to an addict. And after Strive in 2016, I realized that I had the courage and the strength to leave. And, um, and it, because all of a sudden I believed in me, you know, I believed in me and, um, and I, that was the same, you know, I got home and, and packed up and walked out those doors and I've never looked back. And it was the strongest, bravest, most courageous thing I've ever done in my life. And, um, and I am so grateful, but I'm, it does, it changes you a physical challenge, How, something that changes you. Question, question. So you have four kids, Yeah. You, four kids in three years, you said, right? Yeah. No. And you're building businesses. Yeah. And you have a tough marriage that isn't going that well. And you're still super. That's incredible. How are you managing it all? Yeah. I don't know other than, um, honestly, like having a relationship with God is is super important to me. And I think he's my source on all the things. Um, It always has been and always will be. Uh, But, you know, I mean, I do look back and I mean, at that time, I think my company was probably doing $10 million and um, which is no stick to shake at when I don't have how like my, my ex was in and out of rehabs and all that stuff. And, you know, um, and was separated and you're right. And when, when at home, I mean, it was total turmoil. I mean, the lies, the deceit, the, all of it. Um, but I, you know, you just do what you do. I have always surrounded myself with like what I call angels, you know, yeah. I feel like God has brought so many angels into my life, including my family and my, my parents and my mom. And, you know, my mom was always the backbone of the business and, and friends and they, they carried 
me along. Um, I had the best nanny in the world during that time. And I always, she's like my everything. And I always tell her she raised these babies with me and she did. And, um, you know, we did it. So, you know, you do what you got to do. I do think, um, again, that early place of gratitude, you know, it's easy to get caught up in maybe what's going wrong. Um, but if we stay in a place with what is going right and looking at my angels every day, that was, you know, that was going right. Do you have anything tolerating the bad behavior? And that's what I was doing wrong. I was staying tolerating, um, bad behavior and allowing it. So when I finally yeah. got the courage to stand up for myself, I've never looked back. I love it. And, and the most amazing thing is that you had a fascinating peer group. Like your peer group was yeah. exploding. Richard Branson, yeah. Jesse Eatsler, Sarah Blake. Like these are incredible. These are movers and shakers. And this is your peer group. Yeah. Yeah. At home, it's just, a, it's a mess. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm so proud of you that you were able to get yeah. out of that. And now a, a magical man, right? Yes. He's amazing. It's full story redemption. You know, it's just full redemption. We actually dated in college back in 99. So I said, you let me go then. It's a whole thing. It's a joke between us. But um, I'm like, but he's, yeah, he's just wonderful. And when, you know, when it's easy and it's right, that's all like the advice I can give when it comes to marriage. People are like, how do you know? I'm like, one, you just know. And then two, when it's easy and fluid. I, I, I don't know. I just, I love that I get a second chance. And of course you never want that stigma of the divorcee, you know, like yeah. it's like this bad thing. One. Yes. And guess what? I own it loud and proud because I get yeah. a second chance, like yeah. come on. And I hit the lottery, you know, it's like, and I, I have no regrets and my babies get, you know, the best dad on the freaking planet. So, um, it is, you know, it's, we it all happens for a reason. More. Yes, and everything happens and, for a reason. And now you definitely appreciate him that much more because you've seen what good, like, you know how bad it can get. Like, it definitely. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, and we all have stories. I, I know something that, like, I, I have heard Tony Robbins say, and I don't know, you know, if you like Tony Robbins, but he said, how about if God was putting pain in your life um, to create more passion and purpose? You know, yeah. that, and I'm like, yes, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anytime. But instead, if we wear pain to cause anger and bitterness and strife, like yeah. what, what good is that going to do? So how about that pain for passion and purpose? Like sign me up. I'm, I'm in, yeah. you know, I'm in. Um, yeah. I, and actually we I, haven't I, talked about that's when I started my clothing line. So I, um, I started a clothing line because I wanted to design clothes, clothes that fit all shapes and sizes and looked flattering on them. But more importantly, I, I stamped them with I am statements. And I felt like if women could put on a sweater or a pair of leggings or a dress that said, I am beautiful, I am brave, I am enough, I'm smart, I'm capable, that they would actually physically, you know, manifest it and become it. So right during, um, right after my divorce and during my divorce, it's, I started a clothing line for that very reason. That's beautiful. The best part about that is it's the conditioning. So even if, someone's going through a tough situation, they throw on one of your shirts, they throw on one of your sweaters and it says, I am beautiful. I, instead of needing that affirmation all the time from people who don't like, you need to know it about yourself. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like I, um, I just heard recently and I, that when you say I am, so let's say it's, um, 
I am extraordinary. Let's use it really out there. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you arrogant, you know, whatever. But yeah. it's like, maybe I need to believe that I am extraordinary. Or maybe it's just as simple as I am loved. But when you say it, your brain actually processes it as a third person saying it to you. So when you really? speak it, mm-hmm, the um, the neurological effect and the um, it coming back into you, the brain hears it as somebody else saying it. Isn't isn't that oh. really interesting? Yeah, I thought so too. It's very that, powerful. That we need the I am extraordinary. But if I went up to you and said, I am extraordinary, it needs to be like you in your own solitude time. Right. Like, I agree. Because <laughs> then it comes off as like a, an incorrect. <laughs> yes. However, what if you actually believe that you were extraordinary and every day you woke up and you're extraordinary? You know what I mean? To where it's like, no, I, I have to believe that that's, the, that's what I walk in. That's the truth yeah. of who I am. That is who God says I am. That's who my family says I am. That's who my my sister says who I am. So why can't I own that and wear it proud? Yeah. You know April, what I mean? I it's, love it's that. Like, I love that. It's easier to say you are. And like you said, it's almost like, but what if it's what if it's a false perception of yeah. humility and modesty? Yeah. And humility is being like, well, I just want to be humble. I don't want to be, I am extraordinary. But someone said this to me the other day, but modesty is a sin because maybe you should be proud of who you are and, and where that you are. can inspire others. They said, what, what if it's a false humility by not really owning who you are? And they said this to me, actually. Yeah. I started crying because I said, Jordan, I was like, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to make it about me. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to become a brand. I don't yeah. want to be the speaker. I don't want my face to be, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I really, and they were like, well, maybe you need to wake up to like, there's a difference between modesty and humility. And basically modesty was like, they were, it's a sin that you're not telling your story and that you are being too humble. It's a false humility saying, well, because guess what? It's not about you. It's about the people that need to hear your story and need to be encouraged and inspired. And I just like started crying basically like, Oh my God, I'm being totally selfish. You know what I mean? But it was this weird false humility. But it's a pendulum. It's a paradigm shift where instead of taking it where I don't want to offend anyone, no, I'm going to offend people because I'm being me, but I'm not going to offend them in a bad way, but I'm also going to inspire those around me. And being confident in who you were created to be. Yeah. And I think we are lacking that in society. I mean, look at all the time right now. The, The teenagers. Every, it's all imposter syndrome because they don't even know who they are and they aren't proud of who they are, you know? So they're just hiding behind it. It's like, what if every teenager could be like, no, I am loved. I am handsome. I am beautiful. I am brave. I am smart. What if they, but I guarantee you, if you ask them to say any of those, you're like, no, 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 It's like so sad. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who does your parents say you are? Who does God say you are? Who do your friends say you are? And then it, but then it's easier to receive it, but we have got to like, you know, give it to ourselves spirit inside to, to know that we were made for more. We were made for more. We just don't believe it. And this is why conversations with you are phenomenal because you do take that out of people and you inspire them and you get them in that right headspace. So anyone listening, it's not just April. It's not just Jordan. It's not just anyone. Everyone listening is enough. Right. Everyone listening is brave and strong and is everything, yeah. anything they want it to be. April's a prime example 
that anything is possible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, a hundred percent, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, and if we just realize, you know, that we have our stories to fuel us into the next level, you know, and just give of ourselves and then start every day with gratitude. I just feel like, you know, there's just, there's so much more inside of us. I mean, you, you said it too, like when you did your marathon, like whatever it is, or your, you know, your venture, it's like, we have that, everyone has it in them. We really do. Yeah, exactly. And what's your morning routine with gratitude? Just to get people yeah, so, in the... Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, Cause you probably don't know this. I actually write um, an email every morning to my readers and, um, and it's called the morning light. And um, why I call it the morning light is because I love the idea of light. And actually, I call my clothing line illuminative. And illuminative yeah. means to produce light. And I feel like if we look at this world as light or dark, it's like we have, um, it's like the idea to to look at everything in the place of light. And or yeah. if you know, when you're in a pitch black room, a pinhole, a, like a needle of light changes the entire atmosphere. And so I just always want to stay in that place of light. And um, I write an I am every morning. And um, and it's to just inspire and set my day. And I literally sit with myself and I just, you know, ask God, like, what is my I am today? What do I need to believe about myself? Um, and it's always like me being vulnerable in writing. And um, and then I just write and I, and in that place, of course, I'm just giving thanks because how could I not, you know, how yeah. can I not like, I know my one yesterday was, I am smiling. And today I was, today I was silly because I'm, I'm launching something new today, but today I was, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. And it was because I'm launching a seven day masterclass that we started um, the progression today, but it's, um, that's how I always wake up and start and whether it's reading or writing, but I, I do that on purpose because it's so, um, it's such a place to give to myself and to others at the same time. But I first have to give to myself, get filled, start in that place. And then I write and send it out, hoping that it blesses somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I really enjoy that because mm -hmm. it, it, it forces you to be in the habit each day. Yeah. And it's not like where you're just talking to yourself, something um, I implemented when I was, when I went home for the holidays was we, everyone, when we went to dinner, um, we would sit down and each person had to say three things they were grateful for. Mm -hmm. If you do that throughout the dinner, everyone, the conversation, the meal's done. Yes. The meal's done and you get to yeah, hear about everyone's day. Is that, that was new for you guys? Um, yeah, it was this holidays when I was at home with my family, my little brother was there and yeah. It was just a cool opportunity. Who started it? Did you start it? Yeah, I started it because someone on the someone I had on a podcast yep. mentioned that uh, strategy, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's push everyone to be a little bit uncomfortable right now. Yeah, yeah, right. I, but it was awesome. Incredible, and I got yeah. to hear about people's life instead of going, "How are you doing today?" Yeah, I'll tell you what's going on today. Yeah, today I did this, 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 and I'm grateful mm -hmm. for all these things. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I do that with my children. We're very intentional with our dinner conversations. And, you know, because I want them to take that into their future. Um, and I do IMs with them every single night where they have to, you know, repeat after me and whatever. But yeah, I love that. It is. It's so nice. It's so intentional. And it, the atmosphere changes, too. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's a vibe changer. It really opens people up. Mm -hmm. It allows for vulnerability. Everyone gets a spotlight. Mm -hmm. I love it. It really is incredible stuff. So, so April, mm -hmm. 
you got your, you have so much going on. <laughs> what do you want people to know? Uh, yeah. What do you want them to know and where can they find you? Yeah. So um, I want people to know that they are extraordinary and that everyone can live this life of upgrade that I call it. I like that word upgraded. Um, you know, when the first time I went to the airport and they were like, uh, you, you know, you've been upgraded. Here's your ticket. I was like, I'm so did I just get upgraded in first class? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's the best feeling. And so my whole thing is, or, or if we, you want you want to go to a concert or a show and you buy the upgraded seats, you buy the VIP seats yeah. and you do it because it's important to you and you feel amazing. Yeah. I really believe that everyone can live this life of upgrade, business, financial, yeah. spiritual, personal development, whatever it is. And, um, and so if you want to know more about how to live an upgraded life, I just am launching. It's IamAprilReed.com. You can go find out more about that. I do a seven-day free masterclass on um, a li- living a life of upgrade. Um, you can find me at LinkedIn. I think April Burnell still. I need, like I said, I just got married. Maybe April Burnell Reed and LinkedIn. Instagram, um, I am April Reed. So yeah, you can connect to me on, on you know any of those three, typically. Um, can find me, but that's yeah. what I want people to know. I want them to know, and whether you want you know to do the seven day masterclass or not, I genuinely believe that we are called for more, and that everybody has um, just an amazing destiny today and every day and every second of every day. Yeah, and I'll throw those links in the bio. And I'm grateful that you were able to spend this time with us. It, it definitely, I know you're super busy, and I really appreciate that. No, it's my pleasure. It's an honor. So thank you for having me. And sorry if I talk too much. I think I just told stories the whole time. But you provoked <laughs> all these questions. <laughs> the stories are the best part. The stories right? are the best part. I, I love, love listening to stories too. I'm like, tell me more stories. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jordan. Awesome. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.